What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's time for another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. On today's episode of the Blitz, Arthur Motes and I have plenty to yap about. As always, we'll catch up with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll also talk about some names, you know, along the lines of like we discussed with Ryan Kerrigan, some names that are still out there available uh, both on the trade market and in free agency. We'll also uh, talk about some interesting comments that Cam Hayward made on the NFL Network about Ben Roethlisberger. But we start today with the division. I've got a question for Arthur Motes about each team in the AFC North. I think the biggest question they are facing right now, and that is where we'll start. Here we go. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. going on Steelers Nation Radio it is high noon on a Thursday afternoon that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the electric factory here on SNR you know the drill he's Arthur Motes I'm Wesley Euler betwixt the pair of us darling mm-hmm. we've got a decade of experience in that three-letter league and a really marvelous head of hair Oh, you fancy, fancy. Let me find out the sunshine make that accent come on. Woo-wee, all right. <laughs> if you want to get involved with the show anytime over the next two hours, there's two ways to do so. Or one way to Wait a minute. See, you know, this is the problem, Motsi. I'm that, hosting too many radio no, 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 shows No, 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 no. See, you big timers are hosting too many radio shows. But Us small no timers, excuses. you know. I got a couple of eyelids off and keep it moving. There is one way to get involved with the show here, and that, of course, is on the dot com at the body 52 Duh. And at Wesley Euler, as we roll along here, you know we'll be getting to your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. What's up, cousin? How we doing on this ABU Tiffle Thursday afternoon? Well, actually, um, I had a little bit of a situation in my house. Uh, oh yeah, I need to hear about this. Yeah, so um, everybody little, knows that I'm married. Civil war last yeah, night. everybody knows that I'm married to my my lovely wife Shonda. And yep. You know, be going on ten years coming up uh, in a month, right? That's wait, really? It, yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's That's crazy. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Appreciate you. Now. She's a Bay girl. She's from, you know, San Francisco. So she's a diehard from Warriors fan. She, you know what I mean? We were ta- blow she the whistle. B- bumps the E-42 short, Mac Dre, all that. Like, she she with it. Whereas me, I'm a Brian guy, right? So I done followed Brian to Cleveland. I done been down to Miami. Now we out in L.A. We doing our thing on the west side sure. now. Sure. And last night there was this playing game. There was. There was just a, just a, just a small little playing game. We started after most of our you listeners know, went to bed. <laughs> it started around 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, as this game is going on, me and wifey, we're just going back and forth. Friendly banter because anybody that watched the game, Steph started out hot. Uh-huh. The Warriors were hot. They were up like 15 at halftime. Yes, and, and, of course, Looking I'm having good in those throwback uniforms, too. I'm not going to lie. I was hating on them, but I actually loved them. I was getting Baron Davis Baron vibes. Davis like, vibes. it yep. was Andre over. Carolingo yeah, vibes. yeah, it was over for me, man. So I'm having to hear this yapping, yapping, yapping. And I'm just like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then the third quarter, it's a four-quarter game. And then Brian Brown started doing his thing. A lot like football, it's a four-quarter game. No question, no question. You can't win it in the second quarter. We we, we saw the the one team making second half adjustments and the one Ah. team lacking Ah. in second half adjustments. I know that's something that Coach Tomlin has constantly come under criticism for. Halftime adjustments, <laughs> but we saw a great halftime adjustment by we Frank did. Vogel, along with great clock management as well. Ooh, Shout out absolutely. to LeBron, man, understanding when. 
you know, he needs to milk certain things for situational awareness right there. Coach Tomlin <laughs> talks about being aware of the details, the minutia. That was minutia right there. And then to just see, I, I had a flashback. I thought I was watching the NBA Finals from 2016, you know, just watching the cash out like that. LeBron instead of Kyrie. You know, it, it, it was just a beautiful beautiful oh, thing to see I can only and wifey, imagine the wifey scenes. was very upset last night I can only night. imagine the scenes at yeah. house modes last I, night I started to like let her go to sleep and just act like I didn't see it but then once I got on social media anybody that followed <laughs> they saw it was like one in the morning I'm up here tweeting and retweeting I, I decided to send her a couple of just you know memories of the game the significant parts mm -hmm. the shot the interview mm -hmm. the shot the slow-mo of the shot the final score and then again, the shot. And then I woke up this morning and she gave me that look. And I just was like, oh, I better be glad I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Everything yeah. you just described there reminds me of like when the Penguins and the Flyers play in the playoffs or in a big game with my wife and I because mm -hmm. my wife is from Philadelphia. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have those sports civil wars with wifey oh, yeah. from time to time. And, we, and, and you got to think like for you, like you said, man, with your wifey being, you know, the, the Flyers fan, like she's, you got that enough. Like, up, like, like you wife. get you get those matchups a good amount of times. Yeah. And for me, like LeBron and, and Steph, those guys just happened to meet on the biggest stage for multiple years in a row. So it was always fun, man. Always and and fun. it just always feels good to be able to get one back since that whole Kevin Durant era. No. You know, I'm all I'm always looking to just we we need reparations, all right? We're not <laughs> done just yet. <laughs> I uh yeah I you know I, I, I just always um I always love to hear those those family civil wars, those house divided civil war stories. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, all right, let's get into it here. Steelers Blitz on SNR, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. I just realized, Motesy, that I did not send out a preview tweet. Um, oh, my God. See, that's what happened we, when you got so many shows. You're so big time, man. I'm surprised you ain't take the – did you take the helicopter into work today or you had the limo? Is, is Jarvis downstairs driving you? Who was driving you today? Or was it Willis? It was – uh. What's the Wilford? Was it Wilford? Argyle. Argyle. Oh, I'm gonna say who was it? Which guy was Argyle? That man. Yo, chill out. <laughs> yo, so did she say yes? Did you get the date? Is it? Did it work out? But we are rock and rolling here. Uh, if you're listening around noontime on Thursday, yes, we are live right now. We will take your tweets. I'll, I'll send something out when we go to yeah. break here. And what, she, what he means by Thursday, we're talking the 20th day of May yeah, in the year of your Lord 2021. Arthur Motes, as we sit here in May, all the this year of content, our Lord 2021. All this content talking about, yeah, we live on Thursday. You know how many Thursday shows we done done? Well, it's true. Come on, man. Just check been, the podcast. Check out Steelers Blitz with a Z. I mean, there. We're going to have our third year anniversary this year. I, I mean, know, I can't man. I can't compare with you and Shonda, but hey, three Jeez. years is three years. I tell, tell you what. I'm wifey, West said he coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> West said it's not how you start. It's how you finish. <laughs> he said he's in this for the long call. <laughs> I thought it would be fun. You know, this offseason, we've talked a little bit about the division. Yeah. Um, you know, m more so around the draft, obviously. We kind of gave some thoughts on how we thought the other teams in the division did with the draft, how that relates to the Steelers, right? If we saw them um, taking steps forward in any certain areas that would relate to their competition against Pittsburgh. Because let's face it, AFC North is a pretty loaded division. Uh, three playoff yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Three is, playoff teams yeah. last year. Safe to say that. Uh, safe to say that every it's a, it's a division where every team has a franchise quarterback. You can't say yes. that. You can't say yes. that about many divisions. There's there's no major question mark. Well, and now, we can also go a step further and say that every team in this division has a legitimate shot 
Absolutely. To contest for the division title. Like, I feel like this division is that close right now. If, like, if Joe Burrow is healthy and ready exactly to go like, and clean bill of health, it, it is not far-fetched that the nah. Browns – or the Browns, the Bengals could be a One team – that you know in December has a shot to make the playoffs. We're not mm. we're not saying that. Oh yeah, look at the bank. Watch out, the Bengals are going to be a playoff team yeah. this year. But remember, there's an extra wild card team now. Mm-hmm. There's an extra regular season game mm-hmm. now, which means Motsi, you can get in what nine and nine, nine, wins, and, eight. Yeah. nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. It also in. means that more teams are going to be. That's that's a big part of all this, right? Is having more teams in the conversation mm-hmm. down the stretch because that gets the fan bases jacked up. That sells more tickets. That sells more merchandise. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. The Bengals could be one of those teams this year. That Are they really a contender? No, probably definitely not. But they could certainly be in the hunt for a playoff spot when December rolls around on the calendar. So with that in mind, Arthur Motes, all four teams in the division, okay, including the Steelers, I, at least in my mind, extrapolated the biggest question mark for them. Okay? And I thought we could have some fun here in this this first segment of the show. You want to have a little fun today? Talking about uh, I'm going to I'm going to present man. a question to you and we'll kick it around about all these four teams. Sounds okay? good. Let's do I, it. Like I said, these are the as I sit here today and I think all four of these teams are capable of having good seasons uh, other than the Bengals legitimately winning a division title, but again, I I think Cincinnati could be a fringe playoff team. Uh, and I think the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens are teams that obviously you win the division, you, you win playoff games. AFC Championship game, Super Bowl, they want to climb that ladder. So here's my biggest question about each team and their quest to win a division title to go even further than that. Okay. With the Browns, Arthur Motes. The Brownies? We'll do this uh, alphabetical. We'll do this alphabetical. (laughs) How about that? And then we'll end with the Steelers. Clockwise. The Browns. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking it's probably going to be, is the defense good enough? Um but I think their defense got better from last year, and last year their defense was still good enough for them to win double-digit games, to make the playoffs, and to win a playoff game. Arthur Motes, my question for the Browns is can Baker Mayfield take the next step? Can he continue to lead this team? Can he lead them to a division title? Could he lead them to an AFC championship game, to even a Super Bowl? That's that's definitely that's the, the question for me as it relates fact, to the that's Browns. That's the one hundred million dollar question yes, as it pertains exactly. to the Browns, man. And obviously, again, we got questions about the defense. Yeah, but they still were pretty successful last year, and and we think that they added some nice pieces to that mm-hmm. defense. Motsi, can Baker Mayfield lead Cleveland to a title? Let, let's start with division title first. Yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah. I mean, we saw that last year down the stretch and how everything played out, but to me. As weird as this sounds, I still don't feel like it falls solely on can it does not. Baker do it. it. Does not. I feel like it falls on can that running game stay where it's at in terms of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The two of those guys have been able to, number one, stay healthy. And number two, have been able to be very, very productive and keep that offense on schedule. Even when they had the makeshift line at times last year, that was the one constant. I think that's the bigger question. Can that keep going? Because as we know, running yes. backs have a shelf life. And even though theirs has been a little bit elongated because for Kareem Hunt, all right, you went from being the main guy to splitting carries. And obviously for Nick Chubb, you've been splitting carries now. But eventually it catches up. So when does that happen? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like when those will start to fall off, that's when Baker gets exposed to a bigger degree. Correct. Right now, I don't think that we're going to see, outside of Baker trying to do something outside of his game, which I don't think he's going to do at this stage. And what I mean by outside of his game, him trying to be sure. this drop-back passer, 40, 50 throws. Like, trying to be Aaron Rodgers exactly. or trying to be Patrick Mahomes. He's not cha- – I don't feel yeah. like he's going to change into that overnight. I don't I think don't he's going to so try that this no. year. 
So I don't anticipate seeing a big swing for good or bad for him. I think that he'll be a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to be this enormous jump that we're going to see from him. But if that running game changes and it is not where it has been these past two years, I think that's going to be the the big yeah. telltale deciding factor, man. I'm with you on that. Um this year isn't as much of a question mark for Cleveland for me. Yeah. I think they're going to be I think they're going to win double digit games and be in the postseason again. It's after that happens and they have the 100 million dollars to mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and all of a sudden you don't have quite as as loaded of an offense around him because you're absolutely right. The sh- the running backs are great right now. Chubb and, and Hunt, I think you could easily, unless I'm forgetting somebody off the top of my head, best one-two punch in the NFL in, in terms of yeah, I'm trying. I'm, Kareem Hunt is your second guy. Yeah, I mean, because I was like, I feel like they're more productive than Fournette and Ronald Jones. Yeah, um, like I think you could argue Nick Chubb's one of the top five running backs in football. Yeah, and then you throw Kareem Hunt into that conversation. Um, Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills, who had a really good first mm-hmm. year. They've got a solid offensive line. Um, they're paying their tight ends. Odell Beckham's still there. Landry's still there. They were able to re-sign Higgins as well, too. Mm-hmm. They've they've got a really nice offense put together very, there. Very Mozi. formidable outfit out there, man. And 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 I think you're right in that. Our, uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be, um, you know, doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers and put the franchise on his back. Doesn't have to be Russell Wilson and put the franchise on his back. There's a lot of talent there. He's just got to manage it properly. That's it, man. Just. Drive the speed limit. Right. That's it. Just don't crash the car. Drive the speed limit. Yep. Everything else is set up for him to be successful. Maybe like Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. I, I think that's a prime example. Jared Goff in right. LA. I think those are the high-end version of what Baker could potentially Jared, become. Uh, Jared Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Flacco like, seriously. Like, Jared's brother Joe. Like They're good enough to get the job done. At times, they can get hot and look streaky, like we've talked about with Baker. At yep. times, he does some things. We're like, whoa, maybe he does have that in him. Maybe he could be Drew Brees, right? We've said that before. But then it's just because they don't do it consistently yes. enough, you see, okay, no, nah, they're not in that range. They're more so like these range, that B tier of quarterbacks. And that's still fine. But I just, yeah, I think that's the one, though, man. I, I wonder, too, um, how the pressure starts to play into this. Because you and I have that's talked about this. That's a big difference as when, well. When, when you're the hunter consistently, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But now you are the huntee. Now everyone's coming for you. Now no one's taking you lightly. Like a huntee, like a minty? Like a minty. All right. And, you know, the hunter versus prey, <laughs> right? Um, also, Motsi, too. And, and not, just from around, not just the perception of the Browns from around the National Football League. Within their own town and amongst their own fan base, too. You know, these last couple years – Winning nine games, being in the playoff hunt, winning double-digit games, going to the wild card round, and upsetting your rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's mm. all great when you stink. Yes, it is. But now they don't expect you to stink anymore. Nope. And Arthur Motes, like Troy Aikman once famously said, mm-hmm. you don't draft quarterbacks first overall to win a couple division titles. You draft quarterbacks nope. first overall to win a championship. And I think that's about the expectation for Baker Mayfield and the Browns now in Cleveland. That fan base is incredibly high on this team. Yeah. and I, Well, this is my thing, though. I feel like they have Super Bowl expectations and they're talking about it, but I still don't believe it. Oh, I don't either. In terms of, like, they believe it, but I don't think they – like, when we say that's our goal, we mean it. We say it with conviction. I feel like when they say it, it's more so they like the sound of it 
They've seen other organizations that they fancy. And they won a playoff and, game last year. Right. So, it so they, just they try to just say it because, like, oh, they, they say, say that, and that's what they do. So yeah. we're going to say that. Yeah, but it just does it, – it's not fulfilling. It's almost like, I don't know, like whipped cream. It looks like it's supposed to be something in there, some <laughs> substance. You get it, and you're like, oh, I need just, something with this. Just a lot of fluffy fluff. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Hashtag browns or whipped cream. Straight like uh, that, man. Let's get it. Staying in Cincinnati. <laughs> The Bengals, Arthur Motes, I think you know what this question is going to be. Uh Uh-oh. Did Cincinnati do enough to protect Joe Burrow? No, they did not. As we have talked about Arthur Motes, Joe Burrow has a six-inch scar on his knee. He did not play, what, the last five or six games of the season? That would be correct. And that was because they couldn't protect him. It wasn't because there wasn't enough talent on the offense. It wasn't because the coach wasn't good enough. It wasn't because the defense wasn't good enough. Now, all those things might still be true. But, man, I just get back to did they do enough to protect Joe Burrow because you and I both think he can play, Arthur Motes. But I just (laughs) – it just feels to me like wouldn't it be the most Cincinnati thing ever that, you know, like Panay Sewell goes on to be the next Anthony Munoz. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a dynamite Hall of Fame left tackle. Yep. And Cincinnati struggles to protect Joe Burrow, you know, for the next five to ten years. Motesy, I don't think they did enough. I agree. I don't think anybody, even the people in Cincinnati, maybe that are not a part of like the higher up parts, but mm-hmm. I think that all of us would agree that they did not do enough. I mean, when you have a guy like that, you have to protect him. You have you to. You have to. And it's not like you're you're doing this and you're saying, well, hey, he made it through last year and he was healthy. He didn't make it through last year. You can't even say, well, it wasn't well, that it was bad. He made year, it, right? right? Because he didn't make it. It's so a, that, to me, is, the, it, is it puts even more emphasis on why that pick would have made more sense and why it should have been more of an emphasis and more of a priority mm-hmm. instead of the luxury piece that Jamar Chase was. Yes. Because, let's be real, as great of a player as Jamar was coming out, he's still a luxury piece when you have T. Higgins, when you have Tyler Boyd already there. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's well said. Uh, the you know we can debate what some of the uh, the burning questions are for these teams in the AFC North. Like I said, for the for the Browns, you could argue some of the you know you could argue defense things like that. For the Bengals, Motsi, I don't I don't think it's a conversation. I don't think it's a debate. It's it's did you do enough to protect Joe Burrow? And as of this point, the consensus answer to that I think would be no. <laughs> Let's go to the Ravens here um, as we continue. If you're just joining us, our AFC North burning questions for 2021. If you want to get involved, get at us on the Twitter.com. For Baltimore, Motsi, and this is another one. There's there's a couple different ways I could go here, but I keep coming back to is the pass rush good enough? Do they have enough pass rushers? We could talk about right. their ability to throw the ball with Lamar Jackson. We could talk about the offensive line now um, coming off of the big injury to Stanley in the in the absence of Orlando Brown. But it comes down to me, Motsi, because I think they, they got some really nice players in the secondary. Patrick Queen year two, you think he takes a nice step forward. But I just – I don't know if the pass rushers are there. And, and we know to be a good – ask the Tennessee Titans. Exactly. To be a good defense in the NFL. you got to get the quarterback, you gotta get, man. The Titans went in 2019 having one of the best defenses in the NFL because they were getting after the quarterback to last year a very average defense because they couldn't get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, does Baltimore have enough pass rushers? I personally feel like they don't. I know they uh, they drafted, uh, was it Owe? I think I say you say his name. Owe? I'm, I'm going to butcher his name multiple times. But, yeah, they <laughs> drafted Owe right at the end of the first round. People love his potential. I mean, that part is there. But the productivity is the part that's lacking. And 
when you draft him in the first, you're going to need some productivity from him. Right away. That was a position of need. Yeah. I just don't think that he's going to give them what they need early on. Now, he could develop into that, but I just don't see that happening early on or potentially in year one. So, to me, I don't think they did enough, but they could be like us, you know, still, you know, just thumbing through. Thumbing through these free agents and looking around. They certainly could. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Because they're still very valuable and very – there productive are. players on the on the open market right now in terms of guys like Justin Houston, uh, Melvin Ingram, just to name a few. Like they yep. they got guys out they there could. that could and they, come over there. They've hit that market before, right? Oh, definitely I mean, they brought have, in Yannick man. and Gakwe. I mean, they retread the uh, they they retread when they did it with Pernell McPhee. With Remember, Pernell he McPhee. left to go to Chicago. They brought him back. They after brought him that. back. Yep. So they they lost Judon and Ngakwe, mm-hmm. and they brought back Parnell McPhee, and they signed Tyce Bowser as yeah. well too, right? But then before that, that's when they had drafted. Uh, was it Preston? Correct. Yeah. It was, no. Was it Preston or is was it the, Preston or is it Zadarius? Well, Zadarius Smith would have been. No, no, no. Zadarius Smith would have been a few years ago at this point, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he played through his rookie contract. Right, there. right. But I'm thinking of all the guys that. Yeah. yeah. They've had, they've they've they had a little cycle through a success, lot of pass yeah. rushers. Um. But yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is off to the Raiders. Me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matthew Judon, New England, New England yes. Patriots. Yes. Matthew Judon he is a Patriot. He fits that. He yeah. does. He so fits that. He does fit that. But yeah, Tyus Bowser was signed. Uh, like Mozi said, they also brought back Parnell McPhee. Uh, they did draft Owe in the first round. Um, they took a couple other pass rushers, edge rushers later on in the draft. Just you, you got to be able to get after the quarterback, Mozi, especially in this division. Mandatory. Mandatory. And I, I don't know that. That's going to be an area I think. Now, still plenty of time. Uh, Justin Houston's still out there. Melvin Ingram's still out there. Everson Griffin. Uh, Moats' boy, Olivier Vernon. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> so, you are funny. Not a, not you a got finished, today. I, not, I see what's going on. Not right a here. finished equation yet, the Baltimore Ravens. But, yeah, I am, I'm really looking at that roster, and I'm thinking they got a lot of good things going for them. But they need some better pass rushers. All right, Motsi. Last and certainly not least, never least, our Pittsburgh Steelers. Will the offensive line hold up? Will the offensive line be good enough? Whew. Fair, fair that that's the the number one. Qu- there's there, again, uh, like with unfortunately, all these teams, that is very fair. Unfortunately. There's 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 some questions. You know, we could talk about the secondary and some big losses with Nelson and Hilton, and how does that translate now? You know, we could talk about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. and this and that. It, it, I I believe in a lot of the elements of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The big question for me, Motsi, the offensive line doesn't have to be the best in football like they were five years ago. Correct. They just got to be B B plus. And this is going to be a team that wins a lot of games. Can they be BB plus consistently right. over 17 games? Yeah, that's going to be the question, man. I do agree, though, that is the most pressing because even though we talk about this offseason and the whole offseason theme has been, can the offense get better? Can they run the ball better? Can Correct. they stretch the field? Correct. You can't do either of those things without the offensive line playing at a high level. Absolutely. The offensive line has to protect longer than two seconds for the quarterback to have time to go down the field. Offense line has to get movement up front on run plays so that way we can run the ball better. Now, regardless of you think that was on the previous, uh, excuse me, previous running back, previous offensive line, whatever the combination is, coordinator, we don't care anymore. The fact is, these are the guys that we have right now. Yes. So that is going to be the more pressing thing. Now, I do think they will have success in that vein, but I don't know to what level. That's the part that makes me nervous. Over seventeen games. Yeah, that's that's the one part. Because it's just like if that doesn't hold up to the to the level that we need it to, 
you go back to playing lateral football. And lateral football is what we did last year where everything is, you know, two and three yards right around the line of scrimmage. You never threaten defenses. So they're able to play a certain way. They're able to essentially cheat because they don't have to worry about the deep threat anymore, playing with extra extra two guys in the box, essentially. Right. So those are the things that all are going to be predicated on the offensive line, man. It's it's a lot riding on that group, without a doubt. Um there's some moving parts. There's there's a new coordinator. There's I mean the exodus of Marquise Pouncey, Pro Bowler, Alondra Villanueva, Pro Bowler, Matt Filer, the anchor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moved across coast to California's back, back uh, to my old stumping grounds. It's a it's it's a lot of uh it's 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 a lot of questions with the offensive line. I think it's fair that that is the biggest one to have about the Steelers heading into this year. Um, what can Hassenauer and Finney contribute? How quickly can Kendrick Green get up to speed? Can Dan Moore uh, really be, you know, a, a monkey wrench in that tackle battle uh, when they get to training camp? Can DeCastro – you know what? I think that too, Motsi. Can oh, DeCastro have yes. a bounce-back year is maybe an undercovered part of this Steelers offense and mm-hmm. offensive line that we – we've talked a lot, rightfully so, obviously. Pouncey's gone. Filer's gone. Villanueva's gone. Can Chooks be good enough? Can Banner respond and be a, you know, a, a capable starter coming off of a knee injury? How do we feel about Kevin Dotson taking a step forward? We've discussed all these things. Man, Motsi, a lot of these offensive line woes would be – or worries, I should say – would would be cranked down, would be ratcheted down if we just know that David DeCastro returns to form. That would be a huge development. Major. Major. Major If he's back to being man. one of the best five guards in football, hell, even one of the best ten guards in football. That takes a lot of stress off That us. takes a lot of stress <laughs> off of some of these other concerns. The center gets to relax a little bit, the right tackle breathe a little bit easier as well, yeah. man. No, I mean absolutely, yeah, without a doubt. That's I, the one right that's there. That's maybe the undercovered part yeah, of of, of this the one right of this there. entire conversation. Um, so get at us on Twitter. We want your opinions. Those are the AFC North burning questions that I came up with heading into 2021. Uh, you that agree? Was good by you, right there. I like you like you that? Do that thank you, thank you, thank you. I like you. that. You know, I like we're, that. We're getting back into content season, baby. Hey now, just gotta find a way to dress it up. That's it. <laughs> uh, you agree? You disagree? You have any additional burning questions? You know where to find us. Get at us on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. We got our good friend of the show, Brian Backo, coming up here in about three minutes, right around the corner, four minutes, right around the corner. David tweets here. Hey, shout out to David. And says, I got a new segment idea. Hear oh, me out. You know, it's called Spilling the Beans with Backo. Mm. That's a nice alliteration there. Like Rolls off the bit. tongue nicely. You know, we like that in the media business. Backo gives all the uncensored behind-the-scenes dirt on his fellow beat writers and calls out draft pick busts. Hashtag all the smoke. Hashtag Kwame Brown. Hashtag spilling the beans. I would love it. You know what? I'm we, all for it. We might have to. I'm how about Kwame it. Brown, huh? If you see him, point him out. If hey, you see him, hey, point him out. Hey. <laughs> the uncensored behind the scenes dirt. I'm all for this toxicity, man. Keep it going. Let's I am too. You know what? I'm trying to think too. I don't know if. Because I do have some behind the scenes dirt on some of these beat writers. Maybe I'll have to share oh. some of it with Mozi when we go to break. Hey now. We'll just leave the I'm just, mics I'm just, on. I'm just trying to hope that none of them have any uncensored dirt on me. No, I'm such an angel. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. You got your, your hair too good to have a pass. Come on, man. <laughs> He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. Yes, we are still live at noon on a Thursday, even though I didn't send out the preview tweet. Yes, we will still have our buddy Brian Backo join us here on the other side in about three minutes. You want to get involved with the program? Folks, it's really simple. 
We'll take your questions. We'll take your comments. We'll take your concerns and your reactions about the AFC North, about uh, Baker Mayfield being good enough, about Joe Burrow's protection, about the Ravens and their pass rushers, the Steelers' offensive line, anything you want to touch on, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52. Duh. Good friend of the show, Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joins us when we return on the other side, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.